All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a, another episode of Soba Sisters, the podcast. I'm very, very excited to bring my guest to you today, somebody I actually was able to meet in real life, which is super cool. And she is a licensed um, social clinical social worker, a mom, and a an author, which is super cool. And she's also alcohol-free, obviously. And her name is Chrissy Jadiga, and welcome to Soba Sisters, the podcast, Chrissy. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing to take time out of your busy life. I know, you know, we're, we're all busy these days, so this is awesome. I love to just really get real life, real people stories. That's what seems to really go over the best here on the podcast is just you know, regular people sharing their alcohol-free journeys. And I, so I really, before we get into all the good stuff and all the good things that sobriety has given you, let's just dive right into your alcohol story, your alcohol-free story, and kind of, um, you know, how long you've been sober and, and or alcohol-free and all, or do you use sober? Do you use alcohol-free? What do you like? Tell me all the stuff. Um, let's Let's just dive right in. So I actually did not like to use sober for a really, really long time. I felt like it was kind of this icky word. And now that I am almost a year sober, I use sober proudly. And my journey began actually in January of 2022. I, you know, thought about taking a break from alcohol for many years. I would say probably in my mid thirties is when alcohol really started to impact me I noticed I started drinking more. We live on the water and we'd go out every weekend and drink. And it just became something that was very ritual, but I seemed to not be doing well. And I just thought it was me and it was a me thing that I couldn't handle my alcohol. And I know like so many people that I would have these ups and downs where I'd be amazing. I'd remember things, I'd have fun. And then the second, like the next time I would blackout or do something I couldn't remember, fragmented memories. And I'd wake up sometimes the next day looking at my husband going, oh my gosh, should I do something I don't remember? And I would just have this pit in my stomach, have anxiety. And I would feel so much better once he woke up and told me. And sometimes I wouldn't feel better. It was really bad. And it got a little bit better as I got older but it still was really unpredictable alcohol that is, which is the most unpredictable thing. And I'm a really healthy person. I like to take care of myself. That's one of my highest values is, you know, again, working out and just doing these things to make myself feel good. And alcohol just didn't do that. It never did that. So I believe deep down inside, I knew I needed to take a break. I just didn't know how. And I, tried, you know, I did try drinking water and taking, you know, breaks and doing all those things, but it only worked momentarily, didn't work long term. And so I, you know, I was like, I don't know how much more I can do this. And when we moved from Michigan to Florida in 2021, and I was, you know, it's like kind of like a vacation. <laughs> it started drinking, started drinking a little bit more. And I just remember thinking, okay, after the first of the year, I was like, I have to take a break. There's, I mean, I'm, I've been thinking about this for such a long time. And I waited till my 39th birthday, um, where I actually 
decided to change my relationship on that day. And the first thing I did was get a audible and listen to what alcohol did about, you know, did to my body to just educated myself. Which book was it? Which book did you listen to? It was This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. Love it. That was one of the first books I read as well. Yeah. And it was, it was just eye opening. I was like, and I want to tell everybody, like everybody about all this. I'm like, let me tell everybody. Turns out not everybody wants to hear about that. (laughs) Right. So true. But it's like, once you know it and we start hearing this information, then we just want to tell everyone, like, I didn't know how linked it was to cancer. I didn't know it released stress hormones. Like, so once you start learning this information, yeah, you want to just start like, Hey, did you know? And you're right. Some people are like, no, 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 no. I don't want to know. Leave me alone. I just want to keep drinking. And I don't want to hear any of that crap. But yeah, so I, I can feel you on that. That happened to me too. Exactly. And I, I always say that it's so cool if you actually can make your own choice, right? Because I don't, you know, alcohol's not going to be banned. And I mean, I don't believe it will be. So why not at least educate yourself so you can make whatever good decision you want to make or the best decision for you? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what, I, that's what I always tell people. I'm like, just educate yourself. And so that way, if you make a decision, that's, you can make it. No, no one's making it for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like getting curious though, like, so once somebody does start to get curious and they start questioning it, like, Hmm, this just doesn't make sense. This isn't adding up. This like, is making me feel more like crap than it's making me feel good. And when we start to get curious and we start like learning and listening to books and podcasts, like that's just such a great place to be because otherwise, you know, we can't force people to change. We can't force people to want to quit. It's something so internal And I would say kind of like rock bottom is more of like a feeling than it is like something bad that happened, you know? Um, So did you ever consider like going to AA? Was that like a thing? Or were you just like, like, were you confused as to, you know, how bad was your drinking or what, you know, how to even address this? So early on, I never could identify AA. Um, I just thought, in my mind, now I'm not saying this is true, but I thought you had to be that bad. You had to be bad enough to go to AA. And so that never really resonated with me. But the other thing that kept me stuck is labels. I just never viewed myself as an alcoholic. And by that is I'm like, well, I do what everybody else does. I drink like on the weekends, like my other friends, even though like inside I was, you know, just battling, you know, drinking and, and how awful it made me feel. And so, but yeah, I never resonated with the AA movement um, at all. And and my dad um, was actually, you know, I guess back in the day, they called it, you know, he was an alcoholic. So he went to AA when I was really young. So that is kind of how I view it. And to me, especially early on when I was thinking about not drinking, that just sounded, it didn't seem like something I would be into. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it seems more like a punishment or like, "Mm, there's something wrong with me. Now I have to go to these meetings and, you know, um, say that I'm an alcoholic. I've never identified as that either or used that term. But I think that that happens a lot is when you know somebody who maybe did go that route and and that worked for them and all that. And so then when you try to compare yourself or ourselves, you know, to that person, it's like, well, I'm my drinking isn't, wasn't that way. I didn't have these, 
you know, huge, massive consequences. So then, then what, then that, do I just go back to drinking them because I'm not at that level? You know, I didn't get a DUI. I didn't lose my job or my family or whatever it might be. And so I think then we just were for a long time, people kind of then just went back to drinking because they didn't feel like they fit into that box. And now it's like, we're so lucky because there's so many options and we don't have to hit rock bottom. We don't have to, you know, if that doesn't resonate with us. We don't have to go that way. And I'm just, how do you feel about the whole, you know, alcohol-free empowerment movement and everything like that? Obviously that's what's kind of was a, the path that you took. Yes. And I like that you said empowerment and not needing to hit rock bottom. And, you know, everything's really subjective, right? I think at the end of the day, when we try to compare ourselves to the person next to us or that person, you, you know, we can feel shame or we can make, you know, we've heard people say, well, I'm not as bad as that person. And so I don't have to do this or that. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you the biggest thing that I've learned with the alcohol free movement and just in general is to trust yourself. We often are like the best compass for our lives, but it's so easy to not trust ourselves and listen to ourselves. I don't regret not listening to myself, you know, five, six years ago. Um, I didn't have the tools nor the knowledge to even know how to do what I'm doing now. And so I think that's the biggest thing is that we, you know, when we feel something, even if we don't know how to get to that place is to just trust ourselves and know that if we're thinking about something over and over again, there's a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. And the whole following, you know, I always say too, like to follow your intuition and to not kind of ask people whether you have a problem or not. You know, it's like if we think that we have a problem, then that's that's all we need to know. But because when we start asking other people, and I don't know if you experienced this as well, like from your family, like, Chrissy, you're not that bad of a drinker. Mm -hmm. You don't have to quit drinking. I mean, my mom who's amazing was like, just drink water in between or like, just cut back. Like, because she didn't see me at three in the morning, hating myself or blacking out or, you know, having just all that shame and guilt the next day. So like on the outside, so many of us, we look like we're okay. So they don't, they think we're being too hard on ourselves or, you know, whatever it might be. So did, did you kind of get some pushback from anybody in your life that Chrissy, you're over your, like, you don't need to quit drinking. Just, just cut back. <laughs> yeah. I had, people that were, I had people that were surprised I was, that I, you know, stopped drinking and it took me a while to even say that I stopped drinking. Um, when I said I started in January, cause people are like, which journey I said, yes, but I took this journey where I drastically cut back alcohol and eventually quit November, 2022. But I, didn't even want to tell people because I was worried about what other people thought, just worried, worried, worried. And I, and I didn't also didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so a lot of people in my life were supportive, but the thing that I noticed that I did and that other people do is you got to be careful when you talk about these things with people that are not on your journey, you can surely share whatever you want. That's obviously up to somebody but when you're looking for validation for what you're doing, you might not get it. So though I didn't have anybody that said, oh, we just drink water, you'd have people that would tell me that, well, if you want to drink again, you can, like, because th that's not their job to tell me what to do. And sometimes we don't, we're a little bit, you know, we're not sure what we want to do. We 
go back and forth. We almost want that validation from somebody else to tell us what to do. And it can be very tricky, but also it can be not the best route because if you're asking someone that drinks, and again, I'm not saying that I don't have support. I definitely do in my life. But if you're going to ask somebody what you should do, I don't know what I'm going to do. And you're almost like kind of wanting some validation. You might not get the kind you want because they're not on your journey. They don't want to do what you want to do. Yeah. And they're not you. I think I did that for so long. I asked everybody for outside validation on my entire life, (laughs) like everything I did. And at the end of the day, you know what? It just kept me so small. It kept me not my authentic self. It kept me just in places and things that just didn't serve me. And I really wasn't happy with because I just kept asking people their their freaking opinion. And now looking back, I'm like, damn it. Even like when I started my, uh, my Instagram account and was going to start this whole like journey here, um, my family was like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Don't get involved in like mental health stuff. And like, but I, I knew because now I'm alcohol free and I was like, no, something is telling me to like do this and I'm not listening for once in my life. And freaking, I'm so glad I didn't because I definitely probably would have went mm-hmm. back to, you know, if I didn't meet all these incredible people and do all this then like self-development work and everything like that. So yeah, I, th- I feel like that's really good advice is to follow your intuition. Don't ask others, you know, for their opinion because they don't, they're not you. They don't know. Um, and how about, so interesting. So January of 20 of last year, you were kind of like, you started then like, I guess, cutting back or just exploring it, but you didn't actually like fully quit until November. So was that, what was that process like? Um, was it just being more mindful and yeah. What what was that like for you? So I think deep down, I wanted to quit, I think forever. And I don't like, I I will tell people don't, don't, don't say forever in the beginning, because I work with a lot of people that that is like the one thing that trips them up. So that was what tripped me up. Um, So I actually stopped for six months. Um, I started in January. During month two, I had like massive anxiety because I was thinking about what what I'd be doing on vacation if I didn't drink. So I'm literally like thinking about the future. So my future thing. Yeah. Future thing I always call it. Yep. 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 I was, you know, trying to tell my future, which is, which you, you can't predict those things. And honestly, I wouldn't want to, but yeah. So I went through like drastically cutting down and it was the best thing because what would happen is, when I found out I people pleased the time I drank, I didn't really drink because I wanted to, but I convinced myself that I wanted to, and I had a small amount. Then I'm like, well, maybe I'm going to moderate. That sounds good. And so I would have very occasion, very occasional drinks. I went on vacation and had two drinks each day, which is actually pretty freaking good, but it, it still left me kind of feeling a little off. And the biggest, the two, the last two times I drank, I could feel the effects of alcohol. And I think that's what giving a break can really help you with is the difference. So before I boarded a plane, now I did drink the night before I boarded a plane. um, And then the day of, I drank four ounces with my friends, not enough to even get buzzed. um, But we were on the plane and I felt so depressed, like legitimately felt down. And I'm like, holy crap. And everybody's like, oh, you're probably tired. I'm like, no, it's the depressant from the alcohol. And I, I, you still feel it when you keep drinking, 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 drinking. You don't, 
you, you do feel it the next day. You probably don't know it necessarily unless you again, learn about alcohol, but I didn't, I felt it. It was awful. And I'm like, Oh gosh. And the very last time I drank was my husband and I, I was stressed with work. I, again, people pleasing, thinking that's what they would want me to do, or he would want me to do, which is not true. And I was super emotional. I had GI upset. Like my stomach was destroyed. I didn't sleep well. Mm -hmm. And I woke up the next day and I'm like, I'm done. I cannot do this anymore. And like, it was like a weight got lifted off my shoulders because I no longer had to worry about how much to drink. Because again, moderation, in my opinion, for me is unpredictable. It doesn't work because especially when you cut down, you don't even know how much you can drink. (laughs) Frankly, like one glass might destroy me. Yeah. Totally. I, I can relate with that for sure. And, and with the, the depression, the just feeling down and, and, you know, like we've learned um, that people who drink really experience less joy. Like it does. It, it, and so then I think when we're drinking so long, like we just, it becomes normal and we don't even know where our baseline is. Like mm-hmm. I'm a depressed person. Is it the drinking? Is it just me? And that's what, you know what I mean? So until we like fully remove it, then we don't know what, what our baseline and what our normal, you know, feels like. And I love how you mentioned too, like the people pleasing and how so Uh many times we drink just because like, we think that that other person wants us to, and maybe they do, you know, because they want to drink or, but a lot of times they don't. And, you know, most people want to drink less or not at all. And it's like, I think just all of us are, you know, drinking and ordering a drink because we think that the other you know the other person wants us to and it's just it's so it's so interesting when you know when we think back I want to ask you too about um your husband so what did he think about um he is he very supportive of you not drinking and does he um drink just curious my partner (laughs) drinks yes he does drink um he's very supportive on my end yeah he, yes, my husband's very supportive as well. Um, and he's like he's a really laid back person. He just doesn't <laughs> he just doesn't care about like that type of thing. He's more like well, you do you. He's gonna do what he wants to do, but at the same time, is he actually really reduced the amount he drank? And so I, you know, in the beginning, yes, I like I do throw out stats to him. I realize you, it's not really good to do that in crowds with all your friends unless people really want to ask you questions. I wouldn't advise it. Um, but I think there's a way to do things, especially with your support system, when you are accomplishing things and feeling good, people see that. And I think that he's seen it. And I mean, honestly, if, and I go, no, this is different than everybody's, you know, support systems, but you know, when you don't do something, I mean, maybe they don't want to do that either. They say, you know, at the same time. And also, again, I feel like I'm lucky because I have a really good support system, but this makes me happy. And if someone doesn't want that for me, that doesn't even make sense to me. And so I believe that, you know, he wants me to be happy, but also at the same time as he's told me, and I've never told him he has to quit because I can't, but he's told me, he's like, I don't know if I, he's like, I don't know if I'll go on to quit. And I'm like, well, that's up to you. I mean, no one can make that decision besides you, but I do also feel like the older we get, the more people don't want to drink and they start to actually question their relationship with alcohol because frankly, just, I mean, we know that it takes longer to get out of our bodies as we get older, but it just doesn't make us feel as good. Right. Absolutely. That's so true. And it's such a good reminder too, to, you know, I mean, we kind of already touched on this to just not be, it's so hard to not want to like be 
rambling off like these stats mm-hmm. like even um last night my boyfriend stayed over and he had gone out to a party and he came home like at one in the morning and then by like four he was like wide awake and like oh, I can't sleep like I can never sleep at your place and this and that and I'm like well actually it's about four hours since you stopped drinking and now um the sedation has worn off and now the stress hormones are kicking in so your cortisol and your adrenaline levels <laughs> And like, I don't, he was just like, he didn't say anything, but I just was laughing. I mean, because I'm like, that is what happened. Now he's wide awake. He's tossing and turning. He's getting crappy sleep, but it's not the alcohol. You know what I mean? I'm just like laughing at myself though, that I just start like rambling that off. But it's like, it's the truth. The truth. It's, it's funny, but I gotta stop doing that. I usually don't, but lately for some reason, my tolerance is like, is down on, you know, like, um, on him drinking and then kind of complaining and wondering why, but anyways, so amazing. Let's get into then now you've written and you're a published author and how has this, how has being like alcohol free played a role and you, um, releasing your children's books. It's so amazing. I have your first one. I got it and it's in my kid's room on their bookshelf. So tell me about that. Um, you know, it's, it's, funny because I never really thought about writing books. I mean, and, and maybe I have, and I just haven't really realized it either because I think we have so many different thoughts. We just dismiss them. But part of my story is I'm pretty intuitive and I like spirituality and all that stuff. And I feel like I, it's a big thing now because when I was taking a walk, the, the moment I stopped drinking in November, I was taking a walk. I was just feeling really good. And I heard myself say, I didn't know if this was intuition at the time. I heard myself say that doors will open if you quit drinking alcohol. And I don't, and I, you know, now I'm still like, let's see what that means. Let's keep seeing what that means. Cause that's really exciting. And um, I remember thinking like, am I crazy? <laughs> like I just heard myself say that. And then I realized it's, it's intuition. And so then I, when I started thinking about purpose because that was kind of my second thing. What's my purpose? Not that like, I don't feel like I have purpose in like life, but like, what else can I do now that I'm not drinking? Because I truthfully believe when we remove something, we need to add something. And what happened was I thought about, I should write a book. And I was just taking a walk and I'm like, huh, I should write a children's book. And I was then sitting at my kitchen counter thinking about what I wanted to write about. And that's where that came out. So it literally was just a thought. And then I acted on the thought and that is how I, you know, began writing my first book. And what's the name of your first book? Miranda learns the art of not fitting in. I love that. That is so amazing. And I think that that, um, two things there are like purpose. Um, and like you said, I, I think that that does like keep us on the right track and keeping, you know, making right decisions. Cause I notice sometimes, um, and not everybody's going to find their purpose right away. Like some people, it's super loud and in our faces. Others, mm-hmm. it takes them longer if we're not maybe open to it. But I notice sometimes the the people who do keep going back to drinking, they haven't found that yet, their their purpose. And it could be something small or it could be something big. Um, so I love that you found what yours was and that, you know, just one of the many things that, that you found is, you know, writing these books. And someone once told me too, like the way to stay on this path is to, ABCs, always be creating. And that I do feel like, I know for me, when I stopped drinking, this whole creativeness um, came out of me that I think was always there. 
But then if I'd be drinking, I, well, I would have all these ideas and then I would drink. And then the next day I'd be like, that is so stupid. You can't do that. You're ridiculous. Like, and then I would like beat myself up and then never do anything. And, um, like I would sign up, I would want to sign up for my holistic health coaching certification. Every time I was like drinking, I'm like, I'm going to go online. And then the next day I'd be like, you can't do that. That's stupid. Don't invest in yourself and all these things. And, um, and mm -hmm. I never did it until after I stopped drinking. Finally, I was like, you know what, I'm going to freaking do it. And, you know, I'm so glad that I did. So then you, so you have one book and then, then you, how much, uh, soon after did you come out with the next one? So I wrote my, and published my first book, well, I published my first book in May of 2023. And then just as of recent, I published my second book, what, like a week ago? So, and that was, that's about my son, but it's called Hudson Learns the Art of Not Giving Up. So, yeah. Oh, that's so recent. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What does he think of like, he's got a book? With, with his name and it's about his story how does he think it's so cool my son how he's eight right i feel like yeah. he's my son's nine my younger son so he would probably think that's the coolest thing so what does he think of it yeah i actually had to get his permission to write it we were skating and i had the idea of a book about this um just because it just the things that people go through when they're trying to learn something and just how hard it can be but how rewarding it can be to do those hard things and the you know the purpose of not giving up so you know, talking to him about that, he he likes that message. But he's like, he told me, he's like, it's cool that you write books. <laughs> right? Oh, I bet. That's so amazing. So what um, what's next? What are you up to now? So like, what are you? So I know you um, are a licensed social worker. Like, what kind of, I'm just curious, like, what do you do for that? What kind of um, people or who are your clients with that? So for social workers, a little bit of everything. Um, Currently, I'm working in primary care, and I work with um, a wide range of ages with lots of different things, financial, health care, like home care, um, all the or all the things that, you know, make up primary care as far as, you know, helping somebody. With But with social work, I did a lot. I actually worked in substance use. I worked in mental health. I worked in palliative care and hospice. So I've done really wide range of different types of modalities. Yeah. And then, so you and I met through um, the euphoric um, mm -hmm. business, uh, certification program with Carolina. So what are you hoping to kind of get out of that? And then are you going to kind of do both jobs or now are you kind of like moving more into like a coaching thing? Are so you I work full time in my current um, position, but I've already began coaching people. I guess you could say part-time. Um, so I, I have been doing one-on-one -on -one clients right now. And I don't really know what the future is going to hold with all that. I, I really, really, really enjoy coaching and educating. And I really find passion in helping people, you know, with going all free and their mindset and all those types of, um, those types of things. So I try just like I did try now. I try not to do this with alcohol. I try not to mind read with my life because right now my current reality is I work full time. I do this on the side and that's kind of, and how it might go in the future. I mean, I would like to do this more full time, but I would also like to do branching out like to more local events in the community because I do feel like it's lacking where I live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, 
Amazing. So what else? So yeah, what is the difference? I don't know. I'm just curious too, what your thoughts on this between doing like your social work type stuff and then doing say like an alcohol free life coaching, mindset coaching, are they similar? Like the settings do you feel like, or are they, how are they different? So there, this, there are some similarities is obviously you're teaching something and helping somebody. The difference is for me doing both is um, like if I was working with a substance use client in my social work job, I wouldn't likely talk about my own self and mm-hmm. my journey. And you have to be careful what type of things you do do because you're working under your license and we're depending on where you work. Um, like I work for the government. So depending on where you work, you have to do what's, you know, what they've taught you. And a lot mm-hmm. of it does mirror like, you know, like CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And when we talk about triggers, you, I mean, you can talk, you talk about them in the same way um, in coaching and in that type of modality. But the hugest difference is, is if I'm working with a client, we might be working on going alcohol free, but we also might be working on trying to do other things besides drink. Maybe they want to write a book or maybe they want some really big passion project. I can talk freely about my own experience and we can connect a little bit differently because it's not, um, it's not viewed as this type of relationship. It's viewed as this type of relationship. And I can incorporate all the things I've learned and will continue to learn in those coaching sessions. So like if somebody has like a little bit of trauma, we could do some of the tapping and we can do those types of things where it might not be appropriate in another setting to do that type of work. So those are the bigger differences is you can kind of just incorporate a lot of different modalities and different certificates that you learn in coaching. And mm-hmm. again, not like you would, I would ever talk down to a client in my social work job, but there is a little bit of a hierarchy and there is a little bit where you can't just freely share the things that I've gone through. I could not share in that type of a setting with somebody. That's interesting. And that is why, that's really why I love coaching so much and why I've personally sometimes gotten, you know, I think it's, I have both, I have a therapist and coaches, you know, but mm-hmm. um, sometimes, yeah, just having that, like being able to say like, oh, I've been where you're at. Or like, you know, when I, I had a coach once and she had been through a divorce and she had been, so we had like so much that we could kind of like talk about. And then it just, that personally, you know, has helped, helped me a lot. So if someone is listening and they are questioning their relationship with alcohol, um, any advice that you would, if they kind of haven't really started yet, but they're just, you know, realizing that it's not serving them, any advice you would give to someone just starting out? I would, well, first I would educate yourself. So just kind of immerse yourself in all the things alcohol-free, like follow accounts, read books, audibles, podcasts. I also would buy a journal. I know some people are weird about writing, but documenting, you know, your experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly, the wonderful can really help because a lot of times we keep things up here and we don't put on paper and we just have all these thoughts and we don't know how to release them. But also when you're changing your relationship with alcohol, you're really learning a lot about yourself and it can be scary. It can be good. I promise it's good, but it can be scary when we're, embarking this journey so just be open learn and I mean again if if you obviously not everybody has the financial ability to invest in themselves but there's lots of free things on YouTube a lot of 
obviously sober coaches that offer free trainings, just, just immerse yourself with those things. And again, I would suggest if you're wanting, um, if you're not sure about something in your journey to reach out to other sober people or to other sober people are doing, because those are the people you want to get advice from because they're going to give you honest advice. And sometimes again, we deep down know what to do, but surface on the surface, we don't. It's really hard when you're trying to juggle what you should do because it seems easier momentarily to just drink, but like long-term you doesn't want that. Yes. Right. Totally. I always say like the decisions we make today, like our future self will thank us, you know, it's somehow we don't see the benefits right away sometimes. And, um, but our, our future self will be so happy that we, that we did all this work. So I love that super great advice. If anybody wants to find you, where are you mostly hanging out? Are you like a Facebook person or Instagram or email or what, where, where can they find you? Uh, on TikTok too. My favorite probably is Instagram. I like the Instagram stories and I just like connecting with people on a, on a different level of just likes. I like to talk to people. I'm at, at Chrissy Janaga. So it's my name and my last name. Yeah, pretty, pretty basic. Love it. Hey, that's easy. That makes it easy. And I will share the links to your books um, in the show notes here. So if anybody has, you know, young children or anything and it's super great books for, for your kids and with good lessons and all of that. So I'll share that. And, um, but thank you, Chrissy, for being here today. And I really appreciate um, sharing your story. Well, thank you for having me. My beautiful Soba Sisters community. If you've been tuning into Soba Sisters, the podcast, then you know that personal growth, healing, and alcohol free empowerment lie at the heart of every episode. But now I'm bringing these values to life and I'm inviting you to be a part of it. Choose from two retreats right now. We have one in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic, and it's coming up in this October. So very soon, so you, we have one spot left. You can use the code SOBER200 and receive $200 off. And the next one is, I'm going back to Bali. Yes, you heard it here first. I am going back to Bali in April, 2024. The spots are limited. You need to get into this retreat right now. I offer a payment plan between now and April of 2024. So lots of time to split up payments, to chip away at it. And both retreats offer deep healing sessions with me to nurture your soul, empowering workshops designed to boost your confidence, and memories that will last a lifetime filled with laughter, connection, and personal growth. This is more than a retreat. It's a journey of self-discovery, celebration of sobriety, and an opportunity to bond with fellow Soba sisters in paradise locations. Spots are limited. Book yours now and let's make magic together, sisters. For more details, check out the show notes here or send me an email. All right, let's get started. Mm-hmm.